With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey everybody, welcome to Screen Heroes. This is episode 114 and we are going to be talking about Avengers Infinity War. Dun dun dun! <laughs> We even put special music in for this episode for those who are listening to the pre-recorded version. It deserves special music. I thought so. Um, And uh, I am Derek, your regular host with my two other lovely regular hosts, Ryan and Ray. Sup, dudes? And we're crossing over with Red Shirts and Runabouts with my co-host from that show, Greg. Hello there. Welcome to Screen Heroes, man. I'm looking forward to it. I've been wanting to join for a little while now. Yeah, this yeah. is great. How dare you keep this face away from video? Uh, it's it's, it's dead, like my mom always says, I have a face and voice for radio. Yeah, so not necessarily, not necessarily for the TV. Clearly <laughs> well, we're excited to have Greg on the show with us. He's been part of the network for a while now, and you know we've known you for a while, so you know it's about time. I'm, it's good, I'm it's excited. Good, it's good to be here, especially on a movie like Infinity War. This is huge, yeah. So. Yeah, there's a lot of people fighting you for guest spots, so we really had to... Uh... That's not we, true at all. Hey, <laughs> I'm trying to make you feel good, okay? I'm literally, gonna, I'm gonna take it, ones of people were scared. Yeah. <laughs> we had literally Ian trying to get your spot, okay? Um, you know what? He can have it next week. <laughs> there you go. Now, before we kind of get started on things, I'm just going to throw out the spoiler warning now for people. I know it's a touchy subject, so if you have not seen Avengers Infinity War and you care about spoilers, now would be the time to pause it and go see it before somebody else ruins it for you, because it's only a matter of time. <laughs> um, so, I guess on the news front, we do have a new Ant-Man trailer. Yes. I did not get a chance to watch it yet. It's a lot of fun. I think it's better than the second one. A uh, lot less gimmicky, in my opinion. Although this one kind of raised the question. If you're not a comic book fan, it kind of raised the question of, what's the point of Ant-Man? Because Wasp is literally better at everything. Except that, apparently, in the comic book, she can't grow. So that's a benefit that Ant-Man has. She cannot. She grows in Secret Wars and she dies because of it. Yeah. Not Secret Wars, uh, Secret Invasion. So her suit's just incapable of it or like physiologically she has a problem with it? It's her suit. Okay. So Ant-Man, yeah. So literally (laughs) they should just give her the Ant-Man suit, put some wings on it. And, and the uh, blasters. Yeah, the blasters. But then there's no difference. I mean, you gotta have some, like you said though, in the trailer she's, she is awesome. She's already the best part of the movie, then. Yeah. not even out yet. And I don't know if it's because Evangeline Lilly's got that act that she's got the action chops to her, anyways. Mm. You kind of saw that in the first Ant Man, but it's nice because this definitely looks from the trailer. You know, we've been we've been tricked on trailers before. It's <laughs> true. This definitely looks like the characters are going to be the like the shining force of the movie. They're not. It's not going to just be the stuff happening to them. Mm-hmm. That's well, that's the way it was in the original Ant Man. I yeah. feel like so it was uh, that would be a good follow up. Now it's just everybody's going to be asking because Ant-Man's the next one that's coming out. Yeah. And then there's right. a big gap until well, It's not that March. big, I don't think, is it? March. So yeah. this, Ant-Man comes out in what, November? 
No, Ant-Man comes out in July. Oh, does it really? Okay, yeah. so that is a pretty And then yeah, Captain Marvel's March. Okay. And, and then, then Infinity War's June, right? Or yeah. May. Infinity, yeah. Gauntlet, yeah, Infinity, Game, or <laughs> yeah. whatever it's going to be called. Part two of five. Well, so Kevin, Electric Kevin Feige did say that his favorite incorrect rumor is that it'll be called Infinity Gauntlet. Which means that it still might be. Which was something that Zoe Saldana slipped up on in an interview like a year ago and said. Yeah. And then she immediately got sniped by a Marvel sniper on the roof. Yeah. Well, that'll happen to you. Yeah. Those Uh big Disney bucks, they gotta be careful. Well, did you see that? I guess Mark Ruffalo spoiled the the entire ending of Infinity War like last year. (laughs) He said, just wait, everybody dies. I'm wondering, oh. I wonder if they're going to start, and I think the three of us joked about this at PCC, I wonder if they're going to start doing the whole Game of Thrones thing with season eight, how they're just admitting fake news now, like mm. the cast and crew. I think oh, that's smart. this happens, and this is what's going on, and oh, they take a picture of, you know, Daenerys with Cersei, and they're, they're hugging, and they're like, oh, you see, they're going to team mm-hmm. up, you know it's not going to happen. Right. No, that's it. I mean, you might as well try it. I think that... You know, maybe Abrams should have done that for Into Darkness when everyone knew it was Khan. Like, just cast a fake person as, like, Harry Mudd or something. I didn't, I didn't know it was Khan. <sighs> anyway. He said that with a pretty straight face. I'll give I'll give him credit, but... Well, you know, Ryan's pretty straight all the time. <laughs> That's true. So, you know, so, he wavers a little. Sometimes. <laughs> so, going back to the, the Ant-Man and, and, and the You don't want to talk about Ryan's sexuality? Not on Screen Heroes. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. I feel like it deserves its there's own a, podcast. Yeah, there's another podcast. <laughs> I'm sure we're starting soon. Better start taking that. notes on that. So. <laughs> Um, but so Ant-Man and the Wasp and then the Captain Marvel film, what's really interesting about both of these is they're that prequels. they're both prequels to this. And that's something Marvel hasn't done before. I guess you could call Guardians Volume 2 a prequel. Captain America First Avenger. Yeah. Well, kind of. That one ends up in present day. So it's like a capsulized prequel. The majority of the movie takes place in, in the past so I was, but it's before avengers though it's not after Avengers. but they were making so that as like a truly dedicated origin story i don't right. know if they're i don't think they're doing that with captain marvel uh, i mean it seems like that's what they're doing i mean they're certainly not doing it with ant-man and the wasp we yeah. had that already oh, yeah, so this is more of i guess we'll find out where they are in infinity war because of the end of this movie well we know where they are in infinity war. They, t- they say in the movie so well okay i like, guess i just want to know all the heroes that we've come across you know, did they fade away? That's what I want to know. Well, Where's all the people from Agents of Shield? Are they fading away? I mean, I don't no, know. No, no, no. See, the movies don't affect the TV. Oh, <laughs> like, okay. Daredevil's fine. <laughs> what do you think? They'll, what do you think the defenders and, and all that will call? Because you know, there was the attack on New York, and the attack and, on Wakanda, and the incident, and the incident. What do you think this one will be called? The attack on Wakanda. The yeah, snap okay. heard round the world. Oh, no, because the only people that know about the snap are the ones that were right there. So. It's nearly a joke. I really think they have better writers than that. Uh, not, all <laughs> not all the time. Which writer, most, yeah. most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> most of the time. Well, all right. So let's let's go into this. Let's dive into it. Uh, I'll get the the numbers out of the way because everyone knows I who listens. We did so have a question in chat. I enjoy that. Oh, Captain so, Marvel. Yes, it's going to take place in the nineties with it is. a pre eye patch Nick Fury and Agent Coulson from uh, and well, Ronan from the Accuser Marvel. still or he's back. So yeah. Lee Pace gets a second chance at being not useless. What's really so? There's some set photos that have been uh, released. They don't. I don't think leaked is really the right word. They look like they were more released, but it, it shows Samuel L. Jackson with like 
jet black hair and he's you know his face looks totally fine he doesn't have any scarring or anything like that so i assume his accident will take place in the movie yeah right it seems well, like a wasted effort to not you know and, they're gonna do it and if they're gonna have ronan in there and for those of you who aren't familiar just wikipedia captain marvel but she's got a, a huge cree element mm-hmm. to the character and i didn't know that ronan was gonna be part of which is I think it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. It's it's like gives him a, a chance to redeem a villain that was pretty much wasted. Yeah, it's you know it's like Red Skull in First Avenger. You have to have Red Skull in there because it's Captain America. Yeah, so it's I, I'm glad they're doing that. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, now uh, we can go to the numbers, yeah, Derek. No, you're, you're very excited about that. You're good. Uh, yes. Uh, so for those who saw the post credit scene, the page the pager to space was to Captain Marvel. Yes. Um, not Wonder Woman. Not Wonder Woman, as some people thought. Which I'm okay with that crossover if those two companies want to agree on something. I'm that's sure fine. that's going to happen. But yeah, not. not. I just want to see a pajama party with Captain Marvel and Wonder Woman. I feel like it would go really well, and they'd have a lot to talk about. Well, I think Wonder Woman <laughs> is like DC's flagship right now. Yeah. So even be. even if we hope for a crossover, DC is going to be like, not with the one that's actually working. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. And even with the one that's actually working, Marvel will be like, oh, no, we like making more than a yeah, billion dollars. Sorry. Yeah. Anyway, get to the numbers. So here are the numbers. Uh, these are opening weekend numbers. Uh, these may or may not include Monday's numbers. I'm not unclear on that. But it has passed 280 million domestically and 440 million internationally. So it is now at 725 million in one weekend. Um, some of this take with a grain of salt because it opened in a lot of markets at the same time. Which Over 4,000 theaters. So one of the domestically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Most of the Marvel movies opened in 4000 so that's not... $280 million is insane. Yeah, yeah. it's a lot. That's with Monday's numbers. It was two, like 258 I think, uh, as of Sunday, which okay. was still enough to beat Force Awakens, which yep. was the current mm-hmm. uh, record Disney holder. was really happy to just hand that record over to, to Disney. themselves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? right? Um, yeah, it, it won the lar- it's number one Saturday. It broke 100 million Saturday and broke the record. And it had already had number one pre sales. Number one pre sales, number one opening weekend. Obviously, number one Marvel movie because um, it's number one. Movie with the, the board. most Chris's in it. It, it. Probably. I mean, I haven't done my homework on that, but probably. You need to try harder, Derek. Come I'm sorry. Um, well, but, I mean, Chris Pratt. That, that automatically kind of ups that, ups that factor. Oh, Chris Pratt. We'll get to Star Lord. We'll get, we'll get to Star Lord. Um, We've got a lot to talk about. We do. So its its ratings are very strong. Everywhere across the board. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes holds an 84% between critics and uh, viewers. IMDb is the highest with a 9.0 out of 10, which is pretty incredible. And Metacritic is the lowest with 68 out of 100. So I guess all the critics are trash-talking it on Metacritic this time instead of Rotten Tomatoes. I am surprised to see Metacritic that much lower than the other two. Right. That's a pretty big gap. I'm wondering why that is. But, you know, I didn't the same thing happen with, on Metacritic, I mean, it was Rotten Tomatoes for Black Panther and Wonder Woman got trashed, but I mm-hmm. think one of them got hit on Metacritic as well. It's just, mm, probably. I don't know. It's just like Star Trek Beyond got ripped up on Metacritic, if I recall correctly. And These the aggregates best. are, it's it's tough, right? It's supposed to give you somewhat of a feeling of how people are looking at the movie, but you probably shouldn't base whether or not you <clears throat> should see it off of those ratings. Oh. But it's interesting to look at the trends, and so that's why we bring it up. Um, all right, so we have a million characters to go over, and half of them die. I so. don't think we should go over individual cast members. I think we should talk about the individual team ups. Like we should talk about the Thor, Rocket, Groot storyline, the Captain America uh, throughout Scotland. 
uh, all the way to Wakanda storyline, and then talk about uh, Star Lord, Tony Stark, all of them in space. So, did anybody suspect Thor and Rocket Raccoon? No, but I'm happy with it. I mean, I was happy. It was, you're right. It was great. But going into the movie, I'm like, no, that's not. That's not going to happen. Yeah, I did. And not. Thor's like, yeah, come along. I like you, little rabbit. I thought it was a good dynamic. It shows that Thor doesn't care what you really look like or anything as long as you're up for the task and you're up for the challenge. Uh, I think one of my favorite lines from the whole movie is his thing about uh, that there's a Groot elective on Asgard, and that's why he can speak Groot. Like, I love that. It's just a great line. And That's a Taika Waititi line for sure. Like, he, that was definitely <laughs> him going. That's a fun that. fact. So Sean Gunn and Taika Waititi were brought in to... James Gunn. James Gunn, thank you. Were brought in to write lines for their characters from Ragnarok and Guardians, so that way there would be consistency across the board. Because the Russos had never written Thor before, and they, had, they had never written the Guardians before. I read an article today that said that uh, when they were writing, the writers were writing Infinity War and starting to film that they hadn't seen Ragnarok yet, and they didn't realize that they went this totally different direction with Thor, so they brought Taika Waititi in to say, hey guys, <laughs> something changed. <laughs> well, we're going to start talking about the team-ups. I, can we all agree that they had so many characters, but the movie actually didn't feel like it was a jumbled mess? Like I was, I was legitimately worried. I was like, "Oh man, they got forty or fifty characters. They're going to have actual lines." I'm like, "This is, this is going to be impossible to follow." And it didn't feel that way. They split them up, yeah. and they did it in a good way where there was basically like five groups at any given time, and that was enough to keep them down to four or five significant characters instead of a dozen or more. It kept the pacing really good too. I never felt bored. I never felt like it dragged. Those two. Two and a half hours, two hours and 45 minutes, however long it was, went by fast. Yeah, I mean, it's a long movie. Our showtime was 10.30, and we started walking out of the screen room at 1.20. Yeah. Yeah, that's a long freaking movie. There were seven or eight trailers, and there's always, like, we saw the Dolby, and there's a three-minute advertisement for Dolby. So it's not like it was just the movie, but... The storylines weave together very well. Yeah, I mean, they pick the Russo brothers are the, are the, were the right choice for this movie. Yeah. There's not, I mean, I don't know that there's any directors that would have been able to pull that off as well as they did. Maybe there are, but that's something that's never been done before, and it definitely worked. I mean, it, it was such a tremendous feat. People look at the Defenders, right? You brought four character, four characters in together that are different. You know, there's one that's more mystical, and one that's like a punch 'em up guy, and then a ninja and a private yeah. eye. And that that show was not successful. How did Electra get the best storyline out? Of yeah, that? like I that mean, makes zero sense. That that show was not successful at it, but this movie was able to do thirty characters, yeah. maybe somewhere in there. I and- mean. We all kind of, like, we adore Joss Whedon, but Age of Ultron was convoluted at times and overstuffed and had a third of the characters that this one does. Well, they they kept them all together. You know, they were, like, in the same room through most of Ultron, you know, versus in this. I mean, the matchups are weird, too. Like, I had some concerns about matching up, you know, the tech-based Iron Man with the mystical-based Doctor Strange. But that was awesome. Facial it was hair really bros great. totally would have gotten to get <laughs> Sherlock like, Bros. But from a, Sherlock bros. from a cinematography standpoint, from a tone standpoint, it could be hard putting such different characters together, and it was really well done. Yeah. But no, I mean, it's the first time I actually cared about Doctor Strange. I mean, I, don't get me wrong, I liked him in his movie, I liked him in Thor Ragnarok, but his team-up with, just, with Captain, or not Captain America, Iron Man, mm-hmm. and even Star-Lord a little bit, I'm like, 
You got three pretty major egos right there. There was two it, two big standouts on characters for me, and Doctor Strange was definitely one of them. The stuff that he was doing in this movie made it look like child's play. The things that he was doing, even at the end of his own solo film, I mean, he's progressed so much. Mm-hmm. And I did love his scene in Thor Ragnarok. I was like, "This is Doctor Strange," and and in this movie, he was so powerful. He did, he did the uh, Crimson Bands of Satorak at one point, which is mm-hmm. one, you know one of the spells. Everybody was like, "Whoa." <laughs> Just like that. Yeah, they all did that <laughs> in my theater. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's Doctor Strange was definitely one of the two standouts for me. He was he was. Who great. was the other? Thor. Thor. Yeah. yeah. I loved Thor. Yeah. yeah. I, sure. I think that's fair. I, I, I think they were probably my favorites from the movie. I feel like Thor has gotten better with every single film. And I think it's because in his own first movie, everybody was like, all right, so we don't really know what to do. And everybody's kind of figured it out. It's taken... Uh, what eight years for Thor? But it it's it was finally right, happened. It was thinking, yeah, you need the right directors for all these movies, right? The Russo brothers did it for Captain America, and they fully Taika admitted that they couldn't do for it for Thor. everybody, and they needed help. That's why John Favreau was an executive producer, and yeah. that's why they brought in Gunn and Watiti. So it it they're makes... finding the right directors, and mm-hmm. yeah, they're utilizing. And it it them. seems like they're letting the the actors and actresses use their natural skills too. Because I mean, Chris Hemsworth is a charming guy. I mean, even in Star Trek 2009, he's only there for like ten minutes, mm-hmm. and a lot of people left that movie going, "I want to see a movie with." With him. With him. Yeah. I mean, he was only... No, Tiberius is awful. <laughs> I mean, he's just... Let him be who he is and just make Chris Wemsworth as as Thor and let him do what he does. I mean, he's a big dude. He's a good-looking dude. Let him be Let him be Thor. And like yeah. Ragnarok, they really let it do it and even more so in this. And now he's... You could almost argue he's like the leader of the Avengers. I mean, they call Iron he's Man... He's certainly the most powerful. Like, finally. I mean, yeah, even he's... probably more so than the Hulk at this point. He's... Yeah. Yeah, when he jumped up in the air and the, like the storm clouds were coming behind him, I was like, "This is awesome!" Yeah, it was pretty good. And Stormbreaker, so cool. Right? I like, I love Mjolnir. There's I hate that that like storyline took forever. Yeah. I loved every second of that story. Yeah. Every second, every second of that storyline was gold to me. Peter Dinklage. I didn't listen. Everybody <laughs> in my theater started laughing at just the fact that there was a dwarf playing a giant dwarf. And they couldn't get past that. They laughed anytime he was on screen. There was nothing funny going on, and that annoyed the crap out of me. That would have annoyed me too. But seeing the, basically that whole scene really served the purpose of like, why is this gauntlet so special? And well, it shows forged... you how strong Thor is. He took a star. That, well, that too. So, so okay. So I, I had yeah. a few. I had. I did have a couple issues with that scene, and it wasn't Peter Dinklage, but like, why? What did encasing his hands in metal even stop him from doing? Nothing. All it did was make all of his actions awkward. He was still able to do everything. But then it's also, this is the one conflict of the movie, because the whole time Thanos is talking about wanting to bring balance and all this. Mm-hmm. And even when he's talking to Peter, D- I'm sorry, Tyrion. It's always going to be Tyrion. <laughs> Tyrion. <laughs> even when he's talking to Peter Dinklage, or, in, or Dinklage is recounting when he met Thanos, and Thanos like, killed all the rest of the dwarves. So you got two and a half hours of Thanos going, I believe, balance and balance and balance, but... You, dwarf, I'm going to screw you by encasing your hands and whatever, but then killing all the other dwarves. I'm like... I didn't have as much of a problem with that because I feel like Thanos, that was character development for Thanos because he isn't just a guy that's just killing everything for no reason. Like, he's, he talks to, he made a deal, we're not there yet, but we made a deal with Doctor Strange to not kill Tony and... You know, he saves Gamora. Yeah, I mean, there are there are things he does that are like that are rational, and he's not just a mindless killing machine. 
And right, the the iron hands didn't really stop anything. But but if you're a tradesman or somebody that is used to working with your hands, that's a devastating thing Didn't to lose. An entire hour of Doctor Strange go by where the guy lost his hands. Right, <laughs> like, but like come it, on. it felt like so they they want they want to build a Thanos that's very different from the comic books, where he even has some sympath- sympathetic aspects to it, and he has loss that he feels, and he's doing something because he thinks it is for the greater good. But nothing about what he does there is for the greater good. That part is out of character for this Thanos. It's actually more in character with the old Thanos. I think it, I think it would have been worse if he killed everybody. So the fact that he left somebody alive, I mean, at least there's something there. He didn't just kill any, everyone. But talking about all the stuff they're doing with Thanos, obviously Loki and Tom Hiddleston's always going to be a fan favorite villain Yeah, from the first Avengers. But Thanos with his little sympathetic side, and they almost kind of made him human in a sense Mm -hmm. with his emotions and his feelings and his sadness i mean i'll admit i actually made a note in there when i was when i was re-watching some stuff today i went into this movie i didn't really care about thanos i'm a captain america fanboy i'm a bucky barnes fanboy all them and i'm watching the movie i'm like man i kind of you know he's the bad guy but i kind of like him i i I don't like what he's doing but i like the delivery i like brolin's Roland was a standout. He was really great. And it's about time. He's played this role so many times in just random cameos, and it's good to actually see him come on board. Uh, Chat's kind of taken off with Hulk, so maybe we should talk a little bit about it. Sure, I've heard people have problems with Hulk. Hulk was lame. All right, so (laughs) let's just get this out of the way. Hulk did not transform after that first scene because of CGI budget constraints, guys. Like, let's be honest. Like, I don't think that was it. I do. I think it's a lame storyline with bad delivery. Well, the fact is none of us work for Marvel, so we don't know where their budget constraints are. But we do know that it did not have the largest budget of any movie ever made, but it was expected to have the largest return on any movie ever made. So from that standpoint, as an outsider, I can say, if the Pirates of the Caribbean can spend more money on their movies... Marvel could have given this movie more money. That's I guess, all I'm going to say. I guess if you think about it, and I, I'm sorry, everybody, I'm the guy that brings Star Trek and Game of Thrones and everything. Last <laughs> season, Game of Thrones, dying. they didn't bring in Ghost, and they said all the CGI budget went to the dragons. And they basically like, we, you can have Ghost or you can have dragons. So, and it's time for dragons. And they have, when HBO has basically got, like Marvel, unlimited budget. But I didn't realize that the budget for this movie was like less than some of the other Marvel It films. was tied for third place. Two Pirates of the Caribbean movies had larger budgets. Um, it's even possible that BVS had a larger budget. We're not 100% sure on that. But either way, you know, you're talking about a franchise that was just boasting like a month or two ago about how it crossed $14 billion at the box office. You couldn't come up with the extra $10 million it would take to put Hulk in the movie? I don't know. Maybe they just decided that since this was the first time Hulk has ever gotten his ass kicked, and it was. Like, he totally was destroyed. <laughs> Um, that let's just go with that storyline and Hulk is legitimately scared. But I truly think that it comes down to Hulk is an expensive character and they had to do four completely new, completely CGI characters in place of one Hulk. Nikki Mouse in chat brings up a good point that I was getting ready to bring up is that they didn't save any money because the uh, the Hulkbuster suit is not practical. But but it is not as expensive as a full mocap. And it looked bad. No, but think about it, though. It you, did look bad. There's it a lot of shots awful. of them inside the helmet. It's one of the Iron Man tricks to save money on an Iron Man movie is you show Tony sure. inside the helmet, right? And they did a great, like, they've perfected what the inside of that helmet looks like. They know what they're doing there. But that's not expensive. You put, 
Mark Ruffalo in a three foot green screen and then you overlaid some UI on top of it from like a video game, right? Like it is cheaper to do that than do a mocap Hulk where you have to have somebody acting out everything. They don't do mocap for the Hulkbuster armor. And when they showed Banner when his helmet was ripped off or even when they showed Rhodey when his helmet was off, the green screen with their heads on their bodies was not good. Okay. It wasn't. And if you can't figure that out with Rhodey after 10 years, since he's been in a suit since basically Iron Man 2, um, you know, that's it's not because they don't know how to do it. It's that the, that's where they ran out of their money. Well, but man, the Black Order sure looked good. The Black Order looked okay. great, and Thanos well, looked great. Proxima Midnight. I want her to have her own movie. Oh, yeah? I'm sorry, because when, when Thanos actually has henchmen, I'm glad you brought up the Black Guard, because... The henchmen were almost as powerful as some of the individual Avengers. Oh, yeah. Because let's face it, the other movies, all of the henchmen are just... Nobodies. They're throwaway. I mean, nobody cares. It's because they're throwaway. They pose no threat. Mm -hmm. I mean, she's fighting at one point like two Avengers at once, including Scarlet Witch, and she's doing pretty good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm like, that's pretty awesome to have a hench, hench person, henchman, henchwoman like that. And I'm like, she's cool. Give her her own Give her, her own prequel. <laughs> I agree with all that. But Everything I want to go back to the whole... Scary. Just for a quick second. Okay. Okay. So, first of all, that scene that Rachel mentioned at the beginning uh, was, the, like, the first five minutes were great for establishing how badass Thanos is. Absolutely. The way he whooped Hulk was, like, nothing we've ever seen before. Like, Hulk is the scariest guy on the Avengers, or was until Thor got better, but uh, he got just destroyed, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, in chat, Bruce Wayne 25 saying, I'm not buying that Hulk got scared. Hulk has never had his ass kicked like that before. At least not well, in the, the MCU. Not did, in the MCU, right. But which he is was losing about. to Thor in Ragnarok, and he Thor only lost because he's got zapped by the taser thing. Sure. So he already lost to Thor. So, like... But he lost in, like, a he, fair fight kind of thing. Thanos hits him, like, three times, and then he's down. <laughs> Thor and him can go at it for hours if they wanted to. For my, the reason why I bought into the Hulk not hulking out thing partially also is because of some of the stuff Banner said in Ragnarok, where he's, he wasn't sure if he came back from Hulk or if he went into Hulk that, you know, he'd be able to transition the other way. Anymore. Maybe you're both right because it could. They could have done a, a CGI budget issue, which I get. If they're still business, but they could have had included the throwaway line like that, where they're sure. like, "We need you to be the Hulk," and he's like, "You don't understand. I brought this up with you before, Thor. Yeah, <laughs> I'm losing myself to the Hulk if I become the Hulk again." And boom, like you said, ten seconds. Yeah, he explains what's going on. They should have done something like that if that's right there. Like, if it was budget, I don't. Here, here's the thing: whatever, they but... may come up with a good story explanation because there are, there have been times where budget constraints have created very iconic things. The transporter in Star Trek was a budget issue because they couldn't afford to use the shuttlecraft See, all the time. Okay, so <laughs> if this ends up being a great character arc for Banner and or Hulk because of a budget constraint, then fine. Ultimately, <laughs> the issue is Hulk doesn't get his own films to establish this kind of stuff, so they have to sneak in characterizations and. Truth be told, I'm happy with the way Banner was portrayed. That man still suited up. He still fought, even though he's completely useless by himself. Yeah. Like, let's just face it. He's always been portrayed as kind of a weakling. And they didn't let him do that. So, at least Banner got a good treatment. And hopefully we see a, a cool Hulk treatment in um, the next Avengers next year. In chat, they're yelling at me that uh, that he had the Power Stone. 
he did have the power stone, but yeah. every other time he uses any of the stones, he's doing something with his hand. In this yeah. case, he was just punching and like fighting. Pure so there was not, and he said, "Let him have his fun." So yeah. he was. It was. It was. No, no, I'm not disagreeing like, with anything in that scene at all. No, no, I was just so, responding to chat that I don't think he used the power stone at no, all in that. I don't scene. think so either. So, as much as I like, I've never been a Loki fan girl. I'm always big, tough, blonde jock, and not so much on the emo kid who you know has issues. Um... You're not wrong. Thank you. <laughs> but I am very upset with the way he just went out so fast. I wanted him to have a bigger, better death scene. Just something a little more magnanimous. This it's is... funny because he was in all the like interviews where he did Jimmy yeah. Kimmel and he did all the press and everything. And he was in the movie for like Well, they did a great minutes. job of misdirection because Hulk, as Hulk, is in the posters. He's in the trailer. Trailers, he's yeah. in marketing material. So they did a good job of hiding certain things. And that part I appreciate. I don't want to go into the movie knowing what's going to happen. And my biggest gripes from the film are things that I feel were very telegraphed. So the fact that they were able to trick us on a few things, I think, is positive. Um, when you op- And they did that with Loki. They completely they said, like, he's going to be a right-hand man of Thanos. And I'm like, are you sure? Because he really screwed him over on two Infinity Stones so far. So I was <laughs> like, are you sure he's going to be? But okay, cool. And then he's just out. He's out in the first ten minutes. And, you know... It, it's an, I think it's a small disservice to him, but it really did help Thor. <laughs> well, and also it was, going back to my comment about setting up Thanos as a villain, I mean, what better way than killing off somebody that we've known for multiple movies and, uh, you know, everybody, there's fan clubs for and all kinds of fanfic and all this other stuff out there for killing him in the first five minutes. Yeah, it's not, for Tom Hiddleston, like, I feel bad for him because yeah. he didn't get to do anything, but... I mean, that really helped establish Thanos as a character. And they needed that. Because mm-hmm. all we've seen him do, other than those after before those first five minutes, was sit on a throne and like yeah. talk to people. And I completely appreciate the fact that the fans have really let his character continue. Because honestly, his original contract was for two movies. Thor and the Avengers. He was supposed to be killed at the end of the Avengers. Not be taken back to Asgard. So, you know, the fans have really continued him on, and I think it's, maybe he overstayed his welcome, maybe they were just, you know, bored with the whole flip-flopping between good and evil. Well, that's the thing, I think at the end of Ragnarok, there's no way he can just become Thanos' right-hand man with any consistency at all. Like, it was starting to borderline on, like, the Magneto stuff. Well, yeah, I mean, when they went to, in Thor Ragnarok, they had him as the right-hand man for the Grandmaster after But that was different than a guy who wants to kill half the universe. Well, but I mean, it just shows that every time there's a villain, you know, he's going to them and trying to They couldn't keep doing it. They had to do something else. He could just be faking his death again. I mean, I I suppose. (laughs) Except they specifically said, no, you're not coming back this time. He did like bleed that. out his eyeballs. Yeah. <laughs> the one thing, though, that I... And this is where Marvel's kind of almost boxing himself into a corner is because now Thanos has all the, the Infinity Stones. So with the reality, the time, and the Soul Stone, I mean, if if there was another power cosmic character out there that was good that got in control of the stone, like the th- those three alone, who knows? I mean, yeah. everything's kind of going to change, and that's where I think Marvel kind of is... Like, when they're boxing themselves into the corner, I mean... What they should not have done is start announcing more movies. Because they're already yeah. announcing like Spider-Man 2 and Black Panther 2 and Guardians, Guardians 3. And Guardians 3. And so it's like... And so, releasing the contracts so everybody knows. They well, should. that's my least favorite thing that's happened in the movie industry because of cinematic universes. And that's contract information. I don't need to be able to do the math on how many movies mm-hmm. Samuel L. Jackson is contracted for to know when he runs out of cameos. I don't need to know that. 
Sebastian Stan, they've been saying, telling everybody for like five years, oh, he's, he's contractually obligated for nine films. Mm-hmm. And you're doing the basic math, and you're like, <laughs> so he's up to like four with like actual <laughs> credits? Right. It's like, so, I mean... I just they could have done something. Actually, it's just not that interesting, guys. Enough for nine well, movies. No, like. Not really. His hair was glorious in this, though. Yeah. Seriously, that Wakandan shampoo. <laughs> Wakandan shampoo. <laughs> if they don't do shampoo. See, they, they need a little bit of a sense of humor about some of this stuff. He should be doing like a shampoo commercial, right? That would be great. Or something. Uh, but no, I, I think so. The big problem for me in this movie is who they chose to quote kill off. Because they chose to kill off all of their up-and-coming new big stars and leave behind the exact original lineup of the Avengers. That's for a reason. I know it's for a reason, but they're the writers, so they can write whatever they want. Everything they write is for a reason, right? But the thing is, is that it loses so much punch for me. Because I know Black Panther's going to be back. I know Spider-Man's going to be back. At the very least. At the, and at some minimum. of the Guardians will be because there's Guardians 3. Right? Now. You can't just have Rocket and Nebula. <laughs> and that's, that's <laughs> totally a fair criticism for you guys. But I think for the general movie-going public, I mean, they don't follow every single announcement right. and everything like that. So no. I think for most people, it's going to actually have that impact. Because, so, because of this podcast, because of who we are as fans, we are more plugged in than others. So I'm not blaming Marvel for my lack of emotional reaction to these things. So, so here, here's the thing. I didn't look very hard for this stuff. It showed up on my Facebook feed from major companies like IGN, Kotaku. Yeah. And then Screen we talked Rant. about it in our new segment on the podcast. You know, I'm just saying, like, but but my, my point wanna, is... I want to borrow your comment really quick. Okay. Because the general population, this movie's made like $700 million already. A big bulk of that, you got to admit, is going to be the Marvel fans, the comic book fans, the, the general movie fans. But could you imagine being that one family that's like never seen a superhero movie until now? <laughs> and they're like, they're, and that's why I have a hard time ben saying and, much about this movie. Ben Infinity War looks good. Let's go Projection. see that. And you no, know, like you said, the the new Thor, new new Thor, the new Hulk hasn't had his own standalone to build up. Yeah. Yeah. Captain America has. Iron Man has. There's probably Although people watching this movie. Or the original, the original Hulk is MCU. So. Yeah, but yeah. but but here's here's the thing though. Uh, you can't look at Infinity sad, War no. in a vacuum because the movie even tells that's you not to. True. Right, so if I'm not, if the movie itself is telling me not to look at it in a vacuum, and it's the 19th movie in a cinematic universe that Marvel has told us is a connected cinematic universe, like I'm not making this stuff up, I'm not searching for it. It is coming to me through normal social media, right? So they've set the expectations, they've set these bars. So when I know that Spider-Man was owned by Sony and had to make a deal with Marvel just to get him in a movie, and now they've they're running with Tom Holland. I know he's not dead. I know Black Panther, no matter no matter what anyone wants to tell me, there's no way they're not doing a sequel to Black Panther. So I'm going to pause for a second. Chad is talking about Stallone and the other Ravagers, and the rumor on the street is they're going to be the villains in 3, but Stallone really wants his own film, so Stallone kind of gets what he wants, and the Ravagers could be a standalone film. I'd watch especially that. if they're planning films all the way out to 2025 into Phase 5. Unpause. No, that's, no, that's, that's good. That's huge. I, mean, actually, I actually didn't know that. They they could, I mean, in theory, they have the, enough characters established in the universe to where they could kill these characters off. Shuri was a Black Panther in the comic books. Uh, Miles Morales unknown at this point. Miles Morales, uh, has, he's been name-dropped, basically, in the Spider-Man Homecoming movie. The Ravagers, uh, Revengers, or whatever they are in the Guardians of the Galaxy 2, oh. they could be the next Guardians of the Galaxy movie. I mean, that's not going to happen. We well, know right. that, so but look, it's don't potentially me, possible. If Marvel wants to do a live-action Miles Morales because Peter Parker's dead, and they want Shuri to be Black Panther, then that makes this movie one of the coolest things ever made. 
I would bet a ton of money that's not. Yeah, I'm, not saying that's not, I'm not saying that's not going to happen, but I'm saying. But, but that's my know. point, though, is that like they're not going to like at the end of the day, Marvel's very excited that they are now reaching 15 billion dollars on this franchise that they've put together. Maybe 16 by right. the end of it, right? Yeah, you're right? right. They're not going to just shelve Spider-Man and shelve Black Panther or risk not those sequels not making any money. Right, they're bringing Captain Marvel into this now. They've they've done all this work to bring these side characters up, like Scarlet Witch, like Falcon and Rhodey, to make them more front and center than they were, you know, five years ago. So we know that a lot of these characters, not all of them, but a lot of these characters are coming back. And because there's just going to be this giant reset button, it's hard for me to know who I'm supposed to feel sad about. Well, I I can easily say what I felt sad about and what I didn't. I did not feel sad about most of the characters fading away since there's a lot of speculation about what the next one's going to be. However, I can say that it was an emotional gut punch when Thanos stabbed Tony because that is yeah. unsure. You can't, they can't keep paying somebody 50 million a movie when it's a huge cut into their entire budget. So when I saw that go into his stomach, I was like, Oh, we are done with Robert Downey Jr. here. And that was intense for me. So that was a good moment in my opinion. Well, right. But that that's kind of ties into what I'm saying. If they had killed off Tony or Cap, I've, that would have been really intense because they could be done. Both of those actors have talked about moving on to other things. They've been around the longest. They're the old guard who both kind of left the Avengers sort of at one point or another to do their own thing. They could have been killed off and I definitely would have felt that. I actually thought that Thanos was going to kill Captain America. When Captain America grabbed the gauntlet and was yeah. pulling it down, I mean, I love Captain America, huge fan. Under no circumstances can he make Thanos move an inch, a quarter inch if <laughs> Thanos doesn't want to. I actually thought Thanos was going to be like, oh, And literally just like, <laughs> and, 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 like reali- and like realize that Captain America is one of the leaders and be like, you know what? I'm sorry, but you don't get the fame. And actually just kill him and. You know, I'm kind of, I'm with you, Rachel, and this is going to be bad, this is going to be a little controversial, but when I got back from the movie, my Facebook walls flooded with, oh, I haven't felt this emotional of a movie since, like, Schindler's List. I'm like, oh my god, I'm like, you guys, you can't compare movies like that. I mean, the emotional... Well, I, I talked a little bit about this uh... to Ray, like, I do get really attached to characters, and I yeah, get yeah. really emotional watching TV shows and things like that. I've been more emotional watching Scrubs than this movie. Right, because I, I felt like the characters that, that did die that might not get reset, like Gamora, for example, was really telegraphed. As soon as Red Skull says anything about how it's a soul for a soul, I'm like, well, she's dead. And it took three and a half, four minutes before she realized it was going to happen. Like, she's she doesn't realize that that's what Thanos is going to do. I realized it. It was very telegraphed for me. You know, uh, having Heimdall killed off was really disappointing, but it was so early, so quick that I guess I didn't connect to it as much as I thought I was going to. It's sad because Idris Elba has been begging for more. I know. And, you know, finally, they just let him go. This lets him out of his contract. He can go be John Stewart or James Bond oh, now man. if he wants to. James Bond would be awesome. Sorry. Either one would be really <laughs> cool to watch. Just going to say. But I, I feel really bad because it, it's just not good for him. Um, and then, you know, it just it, some things got a little silly at times. You know, with um, the, I mean, the reality stone was cool when he used the reality stone in nowhere. It was some really cool special effects. It was nice to see the reality stone actually be used to show the reality powers because, honestly, it 
they didn't really do a good job for it in Dark World. It looked like the same as the Space Stone. So mm. I liked the effects. I liked the entire Nowhere scene. It was great to see Benicio Del Toro back. He was fantastic as the Collector. You know, all the stuff we've talked about, and it's like you kind of brought up early on. Like, we have the whole Vision and Scarlet Witch storyline, which was important. But I'm one of those people, it's like they have that budding relationship that kind of started in Civil War. Yeah. But it's one of those examples where there's so much stuff happening, we're expected to know stuff that we're told and not seen. And they don't get a chance to really build their relationship much, Mm -hmm. aside from they obviously have something. Yeah. Which definitely adds to the emotional impact of what's going on with those two later on. But again, it would have been, I kind of wish they would have had a little bit more... Of just about that. I I would have loved a deeper emotional connection for that, to be completely honest, because the stuff in the comics is just intense. They barely even tapped it. But that death scene was so violent, and it, it was pretty heartbreaking to watch. I I think they're still missing the Scarlet Witch mental breakdown, where she just makes brains melt out of noses, but... <laughs> And Might that, be a little graphic for PG-13. That would have been the moment to do it, to be honest. Because, you know, she watched her brother, or she felt her brother die, and then yeah. she watched, you know, she had to kill him first, and then she watched him get brought back, only to see its brain ripped out, so. See, and then... It was pretty intense, and she could have had an intense, like, <sighs> moment. Nothing. Well, who would she have killed? Thanos was the only bad guy there. No more Thanos. Yeah, yeah, I don't think that was going to happen. But, um, but I think I think one of my problem, my similar problem with Vision is that the entire movie he is just getting his ass beat, and so He's every so time powerful. there's another scene with him, like, well, this is the one where he dies. All right, well, I guess it's this one is the one where he dies. So by the time he finally died, it had been two two and a half hours of me just like, yeah, it's going to happen at some point in the movie. And it was just a matter of when. You know, and I think that's that's where my problem really comes in. Is I wasn't surprised by any of it. Well, and in a movie like this, you just brought up them getting their asses kicked. Just what happened? It's like Falcon, and as much as I love Black Widow, the characters like that that don't have some sort of true superpower <laughs> are so limited in a movie. Like, because you can't, Falcon's not going to go up to you know to to Proxima Midnight and fight her in hand to hand combat. But Black Widow did, and but that Black was Widow weird. did, and that was and it was weird, <laughs> especially because they just With showed the like well, yeah, because yeah. they showed like five minutes of earlier Captain America getting schooled almost, and she's which is fine maybe because Scarlet Witch was there, but it's kind of it is kind of hard, and that's why when people are like, oh, there's no Hawkeye to know this, I'm like, well, I'm, you know, Hawk, he's not going to fire an arrow at Thanos. I mean, it's e- even I admit that would have been kind of weird. Yeah, I mean, Legolas maybe. <laughs> <laughs> that that crossover with Wonder Woman against Thanos, I would watch. Yeah, okay. Ryan, you've been quiet now for a few Just minutes. letting you complain about all this stuff. So I have a question for you. This is a similar question I asked to Rachel when we, before BBS came out. Um, because she didn't like Man of Steel. And uh, because of like the, the major destruction and all this stuff and Superman not caring about it, and I asked if uh, that was Batman's motivation in Batman v Superman, if that would retroactively make... Man of Steel, a little bit better movie for her. And it, I think she said it did. Yeah. Uh, so if if in the next one, part two, even though they're not Whatever calling they it call that, it, yeah. um, if all the original Avengers end up sacrificing themselves, because that's essentially what they're setting it up for, to set to save all the new Avengers 
would that make this movie retroactively better for you? Absolutely. I think this movie should have come out pretty close to the next one. Maybe it should have come out in November, and the next one we see is Captain Marvel, then Avengers 4. I believe I'm going to love this movie back-to-back with the next one. Right now, it's not that I don't dislike it. It's that I feel so much is open-ended, and I want closure. I like, it, I like it a hell of a lot more than Ultron. Yeah. I mean, this I didn't think this is a bad movie at all. I think it had bad moments, but I liked it way more than Last Jedi. And I didn't really, well, I didn't really care for Last Jedi. But, I was gonna, like. Yeah, I, uh, I liked it better than the, Last Jedi. Well, I mean, I, I do like what they're doing with the potential sacrifice, but what I'm, what I'm don't know is, I don't know how Captain Marvel's gonna play into all this. I do think Captain Marvel, if her, I know her movie's gonna do great, I think. I think she's got. I think she's one of the people that can maybe rip his gauntlet off. She's one of the people left. That I'm really can... worried when I basically at the end when when you see the pager and everything go up. I was really worried that it was going to be a Justice League syndrome where they got Superman back now, and so yeah. he can do everything by himself, and the rest of the league does nothing. <laughs> and I'm I, I'm a, I don't think Marvel's going to go that route, but I worry slightly. That they are, that they're gonna, like, there's always that thought because of Justice League in the back of my mind that maybe Captain Marvel is just gonna, like, come in and Superman the day. Oh, I hate that so much. Yeah, right? I mean, I don't think it's gonna happen. So, to answer your question, um, it's it's absolutely possible that whatever happens in Avengers 4 retroactively makes this a better movie. That's absolutely fine. So, would, uh, that's what I was asking, though. Would this make it a better movie for you when, when, because it's gonna happen. They're all gonna die in the, in the next one. Well, that's, that's, that's the thing, right? So, it depends. What do they do in Avengers 4? Like, yeah, I, I, they keep saying that people are going to die. Maybe that's true. Maybe it's not true. We don't really know at this yeah. point, right? There's so, a huge, huge chance that we're going to... Like, there's a reason why they left the original Avengers standing. Every single one yeah, of them. Yeah, because and, they're going to sacrifice themselves to set up for the new Avengers. Mm-hmm. And they're going to... And if that's what they do, you know, and they do it well, then then great. You know, but the the problem is, is that they decided to do it as two movies released a year apart, which we've had sequels released closer together before. Not necessarily great movies like the second and third Matrix movies, but it's happened. Um, So I have a year now to think about it. And if you wanted me to be emotional, if you wanted me to feel the loss of the movie, that just didn't happen because I don't know what Avengers 4 is necessarily going to bring. But I have a pretty good idea that most of the characters that they killed off are not going to stay dead. No, but the ones that we yeah. care about... There's a reason why the ones that we care about are the ones that are left. Well, no, wait, hang on. I cared about the ones that okay. they killed off. Like, I loved Doctor Strange and Black Panther, and I, I really love Guardians of the Galaxy. So they killed off a lot of my favorite characters. They left the original characters. And sure. I get that the that was The ones that we've had purpose. the most movie development with yes. is what I should have said, because they're not... Everybody has different favorite characters, obviously. Okay. So the, the ones that we have had the most experience with yes. are left, and that's because of that, there's going to be more of an impact, I feel like. If they killed off Black Panther... Okay, that would suck for them because they lose a lot of money and also because we didn't get much development in that. But, right. you know, if Captain America, Captain America, even if you don't like Captain America, he's had three movies worth of development, not including the cameos and other, and, you know, well, Avengers the two movies. Avengers movies. Yeah. And, yeah. So, I mean, there's, you know, when he dies, it's going to be impactful because he's going to die. 
like we know the contracts this is the other side of this contract thing is so we know that chris evans wants to go on and do directing and we know that his contract is up with the next movie and we know that iron man's contract is up with the next movie and you know th- there's going to be something this has been foreshadowed since his first movie when he jumped on that grenade he is the yeah. guy to sacrifice he's going to get the scene that i posted on my for my facebook friend which you probably mm-hmm. aren't if you're watching this later but uh, i posted the scene from the comic books where cap is literally standing face to face with thanos and said, as long as there's one man standing in front of you, mm-hmm. uh, you don't, you can't win this war, or something along those lines. And, you know, I'm guessing right after that, Thanos is going to kill him in a very emotional scene. But I'm betting that's such an iconic scene, and one that would translate really well, mm-hmm. that that's probably going to happen. Obviously, we don't know. And I can't no. judge the movie based off something that might happen. Well, that, that's but. my problem, right? Is that I truly hope that Avengers 4 is everything that we think it's going to be. And then if you were to watch these two together as one film, it creates this one incredible epic. That may that may be. Like it's a lot more fun watching the three Lord of the Rings movies now that they're all together and you don't have to yeah. wait a year. So that's just it. I don't want to wait this year. I want to have closure now. I want two I want one fulfilling saga instead of two broken pieces. And next year, I will see this movie again in theaters right before I see it. Yeah, they'll do it too. I will do that. There's there's a comment in chat I just saw about Spider-Man, you know, in Tony's arms at the end. I gotta admit that. Yeah, that was was a little emotional. Of all the ones that were fading, that was the one I was like, oh man, I actually... Yeah. Tom Holland, aside from the fact Tom Holland can act and Robert Downey Jr. genuinely looked upset. Yeah. Was, I mean, well, they're good actors. They are. I, mean, I don't want to really say are. anything about that. Spider-Man, had, you know, I think that because everybody else just kind of fades in realizing what's going on. Spider-Man, they actually kind of showed that his sense, his spidey sense was telling him, okay. That's a big thing for the Russos. They really wanted to yeah, do that. And they didn't do that. We touched on that when we did our homecoming review, that there was no spider sense and it was a little weird. But that That's why though, I actually found it to be a little forced like they're great actors they did exactly what they needed to do in that scene with the material that they were given but i thought it was way too convenient that the one kid who was doing way more than he ever should have done is the one person who has to go through like the painful this, death that nobody this whole else time, had i was like what man why did they pair him up with tony this is the same thing in homecoming it was because of that scene it was because that scene doesn't yeah. hold the same emotional gravitas that it did if he was paired up with anybody else well i think spidey i mean tom tom not no, peter <laughs> peter parker <laughs> peter parker has a very you know big connection with tony a father figure connection that's a big part of of spider-man homecoming you know and the way they get together in civil war so i'm not shocked at all that they were paired up in this even though it might have been similar to a previous film but i just i felt like if the idea that Thanos came up with was that there, this was mercy because nobody was supposed to feel anything. You just cease to exist, right? Well, that's not that's not what happened, and it didn't happen to the one kid. Well, but that is has re, because he has powers. I, I know He's, that that's he, like. I mean, it's part of his power set that we've explained outside of the movie. No, nope, because it happens so, earlier in the movie when his oh, hair's yeah, up. Wait, on hang it. on. Jordan Blood is banned. Why? Oh, he finally gets to be with Uncle Ben. Ow. Unacceptable. That is rough, man. Uh, look, yes, his hairs rise on the bus when the giant spaceship shows up. That and what happened at the end when he dies, I think, are not necessarily the same thing. And the leap we're making is because some people wrote an article about it and people like how it sounds. That's not said in the movie in any way. It's an extension of his character well, outside of the MCU. I, I have a feeling you're probably on the same page as me. So. But it... The other five don't count. 
Not in the universe, but it shows the power set of Spider-Man. But I don't think they needed to add another five a, minutes to go, oh, guys, no, I have a Spidey sense. It's a different Spider-Man. Okay. Okay, and he did he use the Spidey sense really in this movie? I mean, he had the hair stamp Yeah, on but his... uh, other than the goosebumps. Potentially. Like... <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't really watching for it, to be honest with you. But well, anyway, so, Rachel, sorry, okay. you were saying something no, I interrupted. No, it, it's all good. Uh, I, I have a feeling you're going to be on the same page, but you may not. Who knows? Um, Spidey's death got me because it was almost word for word, ten speech when he regenerated. Yeah, it was the Doctor Who. It was the Doctor Who's end sentence. I don't. Almost. Go, I mean, it was word for word. I got an entire Doctor Who sleeve, so I complete like the moment he said it, I was like, "This is David Tennant." Yeah. And I mean, I remember that got me. Mo- that got me kind of emotional. I, I looked at him and I was like, "Man, two wounds with one piece of salt. That sucks." <laughs> like. And, and, you know, the one complaint you guys heard me griping about this earlier, it's the 30-second gripe. It's just about the whole battle in Wakanda, because... I had the same problem with that. You know, the joke I made earlier, it's it's the, it's the battle on Naboo of episode <laughs> one with the Gungans, because they have the blue shield wall, and they, I can hear Vikings screaming, you know, shield wall, and they lock their shields, which looked, it looked amazing on film. They did a great job. But at the same time, I'm like, man, you know, I... A artillery gun right now would be extremely useful, <laughs> or a couple of Jedi, or a couple of Jedi. I mean, like they, they could. And I know it's a comic book movie. I know I'm kind of nitpicking, but I'm like, man, I know Wakanda has this stuff. They had weapons. They, well, had, they had those the the spaceship flying things, and, and those had guns. Because at the end of Black Panther, you know, when uh, when Bilbo is flying, away. hold on, Bucky had a gun. Okay, Bucky did have a gun. And also, but, I'm sure the Hulkbuster had guns. It's just weird that like they he decided to punch people or whatever. Where, 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 were, the, where were the armored rhinos? I love yeah. that War Machine was dropping bombs because I, 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 Fal- I Falcon did too, didn't he? Yeah. As soon as I oh, saw that at the end, thing. I was like, "That's what I would do if I was playing this video game." It was a weird scene because yeah, they, they didn't have the giant rhinos that were already established in Black Panther, and, and maybe this had to do with that's the movies. CGI too. It is okay. CGI too. Uh, you didn't have the plane things that were shown to have weapons in Black Panther. Like we saw this movie a couple months ago, I, and they're well, already missing technology. I that they feel had. that's also because Ryan Coogler wasn't brought on oh, he like wasn't? some of the other directors. Do you think it's possible nobody knew how good Black Panther was going to be? I mean, that's a possibility. They also maybe didn't necessarily know the details of the giant rhinos because the movie was being made basically at the same time. Good point, good point. Right? And that's the risk of trying to pump out three movies a year is they're going to overlap with each other and when the characters cross over, you're going to miss stuff. Yeah, I agree. But basically you had just another faceless army for them to fight just like the Chitari, which, I mean, I guess you have to give something for... Uh, the other non-main characters to do, <laughs> you know, but yeah, they were just basically it was the Chitari again without their little flying motorcycles and with extra arms and with extra arms. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just funny because it's like the reason I bring up Naboo is because the whole what battle, the whole shield, they're trying to stop them from getting the vision so they can do a thing, and in Naboo, it's their, the army's fighting to create a distraction for Padme to go do a thing, and I'm like. This is I'm like this five second. You're I'm making a, this worse for me. I just want you to know. well. Here's the thing. I love this. I actually I love this movie, and I'm one of those people I can find a minor grab about anything. But I do what I do love so much about Marvel, and we've been hearing this for a, like five days now. Marvel has now started doing dark and gritty better than DC, yes. but they're doing it in a way that people want to come back and watch the next. We all want to go see the next ones, of course. It's like Justice League two, and it's like Steppenwolf returns. I'm like oh, I just don't care. But it's not. I know Justice League Two is not Steppenwolf again. I hope not. That'd but be weird. 
But I'm like, I'm like, I'm like Ray though, because I want to see part two so bad that next year when they bring them both back out in the theaters again, I'm like, I'm going to go for six hours and just watch Avengers. Yeah. I don't necessarily think the MCU has a bad movie in its 19 films. There are some that are obviously not as good as there others. There are only but... a few pieces of MCU content that I think is bad as a whole, and that's in- Inhumans and Iron Fist, and everything else has been... You know, from mediocre to amazing. So, hey, if you have some plot holes, cool. If you have some small mistakes, cool. If you have some slip-ups, I will forgive you. I I am thousands of dollars invested in you at this time. Well, right. I just, for me, perspective is important. And I, I don't want everyone just to say, because it had the most characters in it and because it was the biggest, that it's automatically the best of the MCU. Because I'm not sure that that is accurate. I think it's. I do think it's a good movie. I don't think it's bad. I'm, when we do our little letter rating at the end, maybe you'll be surprised. But you know, I think that it could have been better. And I think that what they tried to do was just set up the next film, and that was a job that they had to complete, but at the risk of you know not having the same emotional punch for somebody like me who has seen all nineteen films and most of them more than once. You know, except for uh, Ragnarok and, and Homecoming, since I don't. They haven't been on streaming services yet. Yeah. Well, and I think so. it's I think it's fair to say that if you look at Disney and Marvel, and Ryan, you were kind of talking about this earlier, or before we even started, as a business, their all their main interest, and this is not a bad thing for business, they want to make money. Right. And Disney, as much as they defended Last Jedi, the one thing that you know Disney didn't like is that Last Jedi was so polarizing. Mm-hmm. People loved it or people hated it. Disney doesn't want that. Disney wants people to be they want their mediocre to be better than good that other movies achieve and that's something disney and marvel have always tried to do and that's like winter soldier when people are talking about the movie winter soldier that's universally regarded as like so one of the top three com or comedy films superhero superhero movies of all time i mean yeah. it's because of how great the characters and the interaction was and that's something disney and marvel they want to make they make their money off those popcorn audiences the people that are going to go see it and maybe they're not invested entirely like we are but that's where a huge amount of money is mm-hmm yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. And it's one of those things where I've been following this for 10 years. You know, I saw the first Iron Man in theaters and I, I've got the first two phase box sets. And I bought some of the movies in those sets multiple times as I got went from DVD to Blu-ray and, you know, all of that stuff. So, you know, I want these movies to be great. I want them to be the best thing that I see because I spend the most money <laughs> on this franchise. Here's how I think we should finish out. There's a lot of small things that we didn't get to touch on. Maybe things that were just very impressive, small moments. Uh, like, maybe we should just go around and talk about a few of the things that we really liked. And, you know, I'll just start it off. Like, that scene with Nebula being tortured, it was so visually impressive. Yes. It looked as painful as she made it feel. And, like, Gamora doing the hero thing and showing him the soul stone on Vormir to save her was like that scene, maybe one of my favorites from the whole thing. It was just really cool. That's fair. Um, I think for me, it's when Groot cuts his arm off to help finish <laughs> the ax for Thor. I that thought was that great. was really, really cool. Cause you know, Groot hasn't really been quite the same since the original Groot died in the first guardians movie. And, you know, little baby Groot was cute and everything, but I was ready to see Groot actually contribute on, like, a legitimate level. And to see, you know, he's the teenager and he's playing his video games and stuff like that was like, yeah, I get it. He's the teenager who doesn't want anything to do with anybody. But I like that he bonded with Thor. 
you know, Thor had the respect to, of his people. He could speak the language and, and all of that. And that kind of sacrifice, so to speak, I just thought was really cool in the moment. And they did have a throwback to him from the original Guardians movie where he ran through three guys with the arm and, like, swung them around. They, he did that again in this movie. Uh, so that was yeah. kind of a th- There was a lot of little things like that that were set up, you know, years ago. Mm-hmm. And they uh, cashed in on this movie. Um, maybe a little controversial, but I liked, I really liked the Red Skull uh, Soul Stone scene. And maybe it didn't impact you when Gamora died. Or whatever whatever complaint there is about that scene, but um, seeing Red School again was cool. Well, I, I'm a big fan of the first Avenger, despite the CG problems and some of the other stuff going on in it. Um, and seeing him again was really neat. And it, even though it didn't really like have that sign- much significance that it was him doing it, uh, other than hey guys, look who we got. Um, but going past that and seeing uh, Thanos' reaction to realizing he was going to have to sacrifice his daughter and actually like shedding a tear. Um, was I thought was great, and and how do you think about uh, Hugo Weaving's replacement, Ross uh, Markin, from The Walking Dead? Uh, when, when we walked out, I was like, that was not Hugo Weaving, because <laughs> it was not a great impression. I didn't think because he was obviously trying to do it, um, but it was fine. <laughs> it was fine. I kind of wish they had just gone a totally different route and said that when he got transported and like was on a different planet with like the whatever atmosphere that his lungs were screwed up and his voice sounded different or something. They don't even have to explain it. But if yeah. his voice had been different, it would have been fine for me. It was great. It was almost like he was trying to be Hugo Weaving being German. Yeah. <laughs> right? yes. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I really thought that scene was good for establishing Thanos' character as a, more of a sympathetic uh, villain uh, and also just seeing Red School. And I liked his, like, cape thing, his hood, yeah, torn up hood was and everything cool. was neat. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Two are tied for my favorite. It was the yeah. uh, Doctor Strange when he's doing his little head freak out because he's looking through all the different potential scenarios. Yeah, that and, was cool. I love Doctor Strange in that whole scene. Yes. was great. And yeah. they ask him like, "Is there any scene, any opportunity or scenario where we win?" He's like, "Yeah, just one." Because it gives the whole why does he give up his stone? It gives and that, why does he let Star Lord act like an idiot? And why yeah, do all these things happen? Yeah, it's either for a reason. Or it's because, you know, in the end, he chose the moral compass high ground. He wanted to save, he wanted to play the hero role as opposed to the protector. And you know what? Either way they go with it, I'm going to be on board because I loved his character in this. I'd like to think that it's because he thinks this is the only route to the one. Because he says, you know, we're in the end game now. Yeah. So it's, he, this, from, from that line, it sounds like that's what he needed it to be. Yeah, and everybody's like, Star-Lord's an idiot, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but we know Star-Lord's, Star-Lord's an idiot since he was first introduced. <laughs> well, that's not a, that's not a new character trait. with him, and he's like, mimicking Thor. Like, yeah, dude's <laughs> an funny. idiot. Yeah, I, I did have a bit of a problem with With that. his facial hair? Me too. Well, it was no. very off So my So, <laughs> one of my biggest gripes with Guardians 2 is how they win. And they win because his dad, Ego, says some stuff that if he just shut his mouth, he gets to win the day. But he says a couple of really dumb things, yeah. and Peter gets mad. Literally the exact same thing happens. It's a in family tree. It, it's a family <laughs> right. No, you're totally right. Yeah. But for me, I'm like, really. But why is that a problem if it's something it's that a, makes sense in the context I of the character? I the didn't universe. like it in Guardians too. So to see it again when the stakes are even like higher, but it makes sense like, still. Even if you didn't like it. Well, see, it didn't make sense to me because you'd think. No, he... he gets mad when people kill his girls. Like I, I think <laughs> that is character consistency. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Fine. Before one? the oh. podcast, Ray agreed with me on this, so I just want to point she, that out. She's got other, other you <laughs> yeah, know, discussion you points guys, now. You all changed. No, the, all the, the second one for me was how sympathetic they made Thanos, because I was actually writing over the weekend, 
And this this will not happen. I guarantee it won't happen, but it's a cool idea. I was thinking that what's going to happen in part two is somehow Captain Marvel beats the hell out of Thanos so much. Doesn't yeah, doesn't kill him. I'm already out. Doesn't Sorry. kill him or doesn't hurt him. or like, But she defeats him to the point where he somehow sacrifices himself and resets the timeline. Because she reminds him of what he did to Gamora. And I do he, think the fact that he had to sacrifice Gamora is going to play a role and, in him, you know. Cause and he, that wouldn't have had an effect if they hadn't introduced little young Gamora, who the is comics so looks, cute. There is Thanos a possibility. himself. That's there, like his... Yeah. That's, so I have a feeling that th- that's how this is going to play out, Well, too. if they bring Gamora back, maybe he can't bring himself to do it again. Yeah, that's maybe. I mean, I still have the theory that all these characters aren't dead. Because, I mean, we've seen similar effects happening they're trapped in the soul stone or something like that because i mean we saw a dead body with her so maybe she is everybody else fading her heimdall and loki i'm pretty sure and vision and vision right um i'm kind of sad about vision right too he was such a powerhouse it was a horrible death to watch i mean i'm sad about gamora and heimdall i mean those are cool characters too but um well, I just feel like Vision wasn't like he he was a side character in everything he did. He, he didn't really yeah. get the and so is Heimdall, I guess. But yeah, no, I, I guess we'll have to wait and see. I'm curious how far back things get reset when they do get reset. Well, um, if you've been following set pictures that release, then you already know how far back it gets reset. At least you know part of the path. And that's because you're plugged in. Exactly. See, but, I that, but I'm but not letting that bother me. But I haven't even seen that because I'm not looking. If it gets posted on my feed, it's posted on my feed. But I'm not trying to find I'm not, out. Spoilers. I'm not accusing you of anything yeah, like that. My point is though, it's you know that's where my where I'm coming from is I just see what's in the normal media. I'm not looking for leaked stuff, and I'm not trying to to find things I'm not supposed Do to. Do you guys find. think James Cameron's really happy that Gamora died, so now he can have Zoe Saldana back for his <laughs> space dance? Avatar two, three, and four. Um, so I do, before we, we stop, I do kind of want to go over the characters that we don't know where they are at this particular there point. There are some unknowns. So we have, um, our list here and it's not, let's see, I think we're missing a couple of people on that list, but that's okay. This is just what we wrote down ahead of time. So okay. Hawkeye, uh, Wong, Ant-Man, Wasp, Shuri, Coulson. Coulson. We have zero idea if this is actually going to affect the TV. There has been an episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. since Infinity War, and they they did say something about, like, did you hear what happened to Wakanda? So I assume okay. that the show is still, which is weird because there weren't any members of the show that got vaporized. Well, so maybe that's because their show's continuing on the timeline that's fixed after everything's reset. Maybe. Ooh. I don't know. I don't know. That would be kind of a lame Yeah, I, out, I agree. But... I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I'm yeah. still not sure that that's what's going to happen, that it's going to be a reset. We don't, like, it could be quite a few other things, like Ryan said. I, I, okay, sure. Uh, whatever frame term you want to use to say that the people who died aren't really dead. I mean, you don't want to call it a reset, don't call it a reset. Call I, I it a just, revival. I, I don't... Whatever that is. Resurrection? Yeah. Yeah, Avengers <laughs> Resurrection. That's the name of the fourth movie. Um, <laughs> I just feel call like, it Revengers. And, uh, uh, I feel like it's safe to say that uh, Xandar has... It, it said it was decimated, so probably safe to say that Glenn Close and John C. Riley is dead. Right. Right. Probably. I do think you, they just said in chat that wasn't Wong at the Sanctum Sanctorum, and which is... That's. I mean, we do know that he was headed there. But yeah. We don't know what happened. After we don't know snap. if he's alive. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We're we're mainly talking about whether or not these characters still quote exist or not at this point to team up with the original Avengers in the next movie. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't necessarily know that Captain Marvel survived that either. I'm sure she did, but um, we don't really know that she did necessarily. 
You're right, because this affected the entire universe, so yeah. this was not just our plan. And I, I gotta say, I gotta give credit to the creators of the film, like the little technical people, because they even had the helicopter crash at the end. Yeah. Because I was thinking that, I was like, man, so for half the people, I'm like... In the car the, crash. You know, know Homer Simpson's watching a nuclear power plant somewhere, and he just evaporates, or evaporates, <laughs> and it's like, well... That can only be a good thing That for, probably can only be a good thing for Springfield. <laughs> well, I mean, stuff like that shows that they're paying attention. Like, you mentioned the Matrix movies before. Yeah. Remember in the first Matrix when they're fighting on the, on the rooftop, and, he's dod- and their agent's dodging all the bullets, mm-hmm. and none of the windows behind him are, are getting shot out? <laughs> I'm like, that, like, that's what this movie avoids, yeah. is stuff like that, because you may not realize yourself, but your brain did. Yeah. And then you think about it a couple minutes later, and you're like, man... Why'd the helicopter cr- Oh, the pilot pilot evaporated. I thought the post-credit scene was actually pretty good, oh, yeah. um, considering. I thought it was a little sad that both of them evaporated, yeah. since that was their only role in the entire film. I was hoping one of them might show up in Avengers 4. But I'm kind of annoyed that like Fury just carries around this 1990s pager on him all the time. It's a space pager. Yeah, in case... like, Why didn't he use this pager when like... Aliens were coming through the portal in New York. But but that's the problem with the cinematic universe. There's the same problem in Thor The Dark World. London is being destroyed and the Avengers are just like catching a movie. Yeah. Like, you know, where are they? He had this pager the whole time. Shawarma, right. They're just getting shawarma, right? Like, that's the problem when you have this. Once you do the team up, you have to like. Why are you not? I get it that she's probably like not on so, Earth. Yeah, but I mean, still, she could have flown to you know Earth. And... She better have a line that's like, "Man, you better not get me unless it's really important." <laughs> the movie, yeah, yeah, they probably will at the very yeah, end be yeah. like, "This has got to be cosmic destruction level yeah. stuff." Um, but the, speaking of space, it reminded me of the title screens. Where they showed the locations. Yeah, that was great. One just said space. Just space. Yeah. I, I gotta tell you, if you watched the movie and that was your cue, <laughs> it's, maybe this isn't for you. <laughs> I mean, like, the, oh, that's where they are. Yeah, I, the, the Russo brothers don't do that exactly in every movie, but they do do big title screens in a lot of their stuff. I'm they, just they glad they were smaller than Civil War because those were uh, awful. Yeah, they were yeah. still a little big. Like, I don't, I don't understand why in Civil War in this they can't just put the location in the bottom left like a normal movie. I don't understand why that has to be. They could have just had eight years later on the bottom. Uh... By the way, I do want to point out that my griping about that was valid because they retconned it in this yeah, movie. Yeah, clearly because Derek so, writes, no, no, they retconned it. I didn't say, no, the, I said valid. The Russos hated it. Fiji kept making excuses like, no, nah, I mean, if you think about it, and the Russos were like, no, it's wrong. And I appreciate that because, like I said, they've put 19 movies into this. Continuity is supposed to be a thing because that's what they want it to be. So I'm glad that they retconned it. They saw yeah. that it was important. So. I don't. I don't think any of us argued with you that it was. Uh, you know that it was. I'll have to go problem. back and listen to the episode. I don't think you're gonna do that. <laughs> no, but uh, he will do that just to be right. Just to spite us. <laughs> Chad just goes Cleveland. Like, I laughed so hard. <laughs> Why did you put an extra A in Cleveland? See, Will Royce. Like, oh, it's just a typo. Like cleavage land. Look, us, us Ohioans don't know how to spell our own Cleveland. Okay, you gotta, you gotta give us. <laughs> it's, a tough, it's a tough one. Um, all right, so God, we I actually... forgot about I forgot about that in, Cle- in Civil War. The yeah. massive, the giant. Size. Oh yeah. <laughs> and now that I think about it, I'm like, man, that's. Like, they were, like, yeah. half the size, so maybe they just keep shrinking them by half. Eventually, they'll be normal size. Yeah, or those Thanos will snap them out of existence, I'm sure. Ah, uh, there you go. I can only hope. You can only hope. Yeah. No, those survive. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> half of them. Um, now, they there there have been some, some talks, you know, about where some of these other characters might be, and there are some people saying that Valkyrie did survive. 
Even though we wouldn't know because she wasn't in the movie at all. And even though yeah. we have no idea where she we would no be. Idea or that, Korg. Like, if, if Where's Korg? Korg? I mean, well, they're not going to kill him so, off because he's a fan favorite. All right, so now so. I'm drawing a blank on who says. I can't remember if it was Feige or one of the Russos, but one of them was saying that Valkyrie did escape with, like, escape pods or something in the remaining Asgardians, but that now is not the time to talk about Korg. That's a paraphrase, but... Um, so that was somebody official from Marvel who was saying it. It wasn't just some random well, rumor. We have so. no idea if Pepper Potts. Oh, Pepper. Korg would have been a weird one in this, in this movie. <laughs> I would have loved it because I love Korg so much. But yeah, it would have been a weird thing. And I know Gwyneth Paltrow and Pepper Potts are kind of polarizing for fans. But the one thing I actually think she's survived, and this is just because I'm, this is my the way my brain unfortunately works, that whole pregnancy talk. Yeah. What if it turns out in the next movie she actually is pregnant and that's when Tony Stark... Sacrifices himself. He sacrifices himself, and he's like, do I save the Avengers, or do I try to stay alive for my future kid? Actually give Robert Downey Jr., because the man can't act. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've seen him do it. Give him a true emotional outburst scene where he's sacrificing himself and Pepper Potts. Like, oh, by the way, Tony, you're dying, but uh, I'm so, your, it's twins, and I'm going to name one Tony, and one after your father. I mean, Pepper something. spoiled herself. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow said that she suits up in Avengers 4. Yeah. On, really? on Stephen Colbert. I mean, she suited up in Iron Man 3, so... Yeah. Yeah. She's gonna be rescue again. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> all, all the all, all the Iron Men tech people lived, so... Yeah. You know. It's true. Yeah, lots of suits everywhere, I'm sure. I actually didn't listen to anything you guys were saying, because after we started talking about Korg, I just want Korg to hand Thanos a pamphlet and try and recruit him for the revolution. <laughs> God. All right, so that's I do... all I want now. <laughs> it somehow works. Right. Thanos is like, my whole life has been a lie. <laughs> There's a ton of little moments <laughs> that so I am good. dying for. Somebody I, write that fan fiction for me, please. <laughs> I want Valkyrie, Black Widow, Okoye, and Gamora to like swap fighting styles. And I want a an entire two-hour film with Benicio Del Toro and uh, Jeff Goldblum talking in character. Like, that's all I want. Well, and yeah, that's you just named, You named three pretty badass ones. I just thought four. about this. Four, yeah. Where's, um, where's Van Camp on Agent 13? Nobody cares. <laughs> like, yeah, I guess she does right? after like, Winter Soldier. But I was just thinking, well, yeah, because... Oh, she's in no, She's in Civil War. Yeah, Civil yeah. War. Yeah, she's in Civil War. She's doing big things with Captain America. I mean, something tells me he knows, or she knows where he was the whole time. Oh, did General Ross survive? Eh, no one cares. No one cares. I mean... If he Unless ever... he turns into Red Hulk. Yeah. Right? yeah I was just saying, like, there's a reason it could matter. Rolk, then... Rolk. 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 They call him Rolk. Do they really? Yeah. That's great. <laughs> Just like they call She-Hulk Shulky for short. Cute. Yeah. That's cute. Is that shorter than She-Hulk? No, it's not. It doesn't seem that much shorter. still two syllables, yeah. guys. Maybe well, Valkyrie's going to become She-Hulk. Some sort of weird mix of Asgardian. That'd be too weird. And... I don't know if I can do that. Oh, that'd be amazing. Let her see Valkyrie and put somebody else as She-Hulk. She can be but... She-Hulk in Valkyrie armor. I mean, that'd be kind of cool. Her and the last four Asgardians that somehow survived. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Again, another... The poor Asgardians. It's like one, po- one apocalypse to another apocalypse. I'm like, man, the universe, you just... You guys just need to give up. When Thor was, like, dumping all of his drama on there, I was like, man, you've had it the worst, haven't he has, you? He really has. Also, there was a nice, that was a nice setup for Rocket because he says, I've got... Uh, I've 
got so many things going for me, and then at the end he gets everything taken away, and it's just him and Mantis, I think, that yeah. are the last two no, left. Nebula. No, Mantis is gone. It's Nebula. The Nebula yeah. are the last two left. And they hate each other. Yeah. There was so. a lot of foreshadowing. You know, Rocket talking about how he's the captain, and now he basically is the leader of the I will say, I completely hated that they alluded to the snap like 17 times throughout the movie. And they kept I, saying, I could just snap my yeah. fingers or snap In the trailer, snap. it was cool because it's like, they might do the snap! And then in the movie, it's like, oh, he could snap. And then another person's like, oh, he all he needs is a snap, and then, you know... Well, snap into a Slim Jim! I think it okay. wasn't supposed to be... I don't think this, the fact that he was going to snap was supposed to be the surprise. Right. And I think, to your earlier points when we talked about the movie pre-release, was that I actually think the movie might have been stronger if it had ended on the snap. Yeah, because like then, what I said, and then yeah. do it post the sunset... Scene. Yeah. Like the sunset like, was weird. And just not showing everybody face. Yeah, away. don't show everybody. Because then you know. don't know. Yeah. You have no idea who survived. Oh, and now the that. That think been about great. it though. That in Avengers oh. Four, you have the big poster with everybody still on it, and the movie starts, and now you know who's still alive, and you're like, holy shit! And you have to deal with it in that movie right there. And then it adds what ten minutes to the movie. No, I I That's still and, I, mean, I, hate I do remember talking game. about that, and I feel like that would have been better. But I don't think general audiences would have really been very receptive to that. Empire Strikes Back. Down, down notes are good for sequels. Oh, this was still a down note, but it was but it's a different kind of down note. It's a very specific down note of what everything I've explained. I don't want to rehash all of it, right? No, I know. But if you ended it earlier, if you ended it on the snap. You know, you ended on that like on that line. You, know, you should have gone for my head, and then he does the snap, and that's it. You go to black. I mean, tell me you're not going to go no see Avengers Four. Scene. No, they didn't want to do a post credit hoping... scene, right? The Russos didn't want one, so that's exactly what you do. You cut straight to black. You do the the same title card that they had. No post credit scene that the Russos didn't even want to have, and then Avengers Four. Tell me you would not want to go see that. No, I mean we pitched that before. Said that you know that would be great before that the movie even came out. So I was actually hoping that after they said the word snap like eight hundred times, that he was going to like mariachi clap. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like like, because it could have been anything. Like he could have done the Macarena. Maybe they just put his hand into a second gauntlet so that he gets a nice metal (laughs) clang whenever he does the. Maybe maybe, like the glove just doesn't bend quite right. Right. <laughs> that is the best cosplay armor ever. To your I will tell you that. Make it even more generic than that. Like have him go, have him have everybody start evaporating, and people are like looking at Thanos, and they're like, and Thanos is like, what? He's like, you didn't snap your fingers, and Thanos, Thanos is like, why would I? Why, I, why, I don't need that? to snap. My yeah. <laughs> why would I need to snap my fingers? Then he just disappears, and then you can, but you okay? The sunset scene. I know we're kind of running out of time. No, that's fine. Whatever. The sunset scene. With Thanos is sitting there and he's like looking on the sunset and you can see that he thinks... That's the weird thing about this villain compared to all the other Marvel villains. Well, not all of them, but most of them. He's not... He thinks what he's doing is a good thing. Which is the sign of a good villain. Which is the sign of a great villain. Yeah. You're right. It's, he, he's an okay villain. Loki. Here's the problem. The problem is his thing is temporary. Yeah. He only killed off half of the people, right? Well, they're going to continue to reproduce and they're going to continue to grow. So does he just have to do it again in a thousand years? It's, it's like the Reapers like, of Mass Effect, okay? Every during never played Mass Effect. I, I no. mean, but but no. that's but think about it though, right? Like he doesn't have okay. he actually doesn't have a solution. He has a band aid, right? So his big thing about killing trillions of people, including his own daughter, which that's basically in cold blood, is for something that's temporary. Yeah. If he's got all six stones, can he make like unlimited food? There's that argument as well. That yeah, I theoretically, not, not picking. No, no. The, the, I've, I've been reading a lot of people who actually had that thought, and it makes perfect sense if he can kill. 
half of life in the universe? Why, why can't, can't he, he double it? the life in the universe, right? Like, theoretically, he should be able to do anything he wants to do at this point, and he does the one thing that kills trillions of people that's temporary. So, like, yeah, I get that he has some inner conflict and he thinks he's doing the right thing, but it's also kind of stupid what he's doing. I bet the surviving half people still won't use turn signals. Still be... <laughs> but the traffic in LA will be the much traffic better. Traffic in LA will be much better. <laughs> I didn't live through everybody turning into ash to deal with this bullshit. Yes, yeah, this is still terrible, guys. <laughs> I do think it would be interesting, and we're not going to, don't, I don't think we're going to get to see this. I'd be pretty surprised what the normal day to day would be like in this situation if half the population just vanished on Earth. And you had all these empty houses and cars. Well, and People are making comic strips of it where, you know, some guy rushes in to see his new more baby and he and the baby fade away and the mom's just left there in the bed. And so, like, it would be pretty traumatic because think about it. Half of us would probably statistically be gone right now and it would just happen in front of your eyes. You'd witness loved ones and, like, it's ridiculous. It would be a very devastating world, and that's why I'm actually most excited for Rocket's storyline coming up, because he found a family only to lose it. Yeah. And it's... Man, he, he lost everybody, too. Yeah, he that's hates That's why it was Nebula. so moving, with the, with the foreshadowing they did earlier, where Thor is talking about everything he's lost, and mm-hmm. Rocket's like, I have so much. Um, I think I think maybe not to, of course, mention Star Trek yet again, but I think actually the no. MCU could take a cool page out of Star Trek and do like a four issue miniseries prior to Avengers Four about some of these other things. Like Star Trek did that before their their more recent Kelvin movies, where they had this like you know uh, mm-hmm. what was it like Countdown to Darkness? I think yeah. is what one of them was called. They were really good. Yeah. Like, you could then cover, you don't have to cover the big stuff then, because it's just, like, 12 bucks in comic books, right? You could cover tiny stuff. You could cover what S.H.I.E.L.D. is having to put up with in this reality, or what well, the Defenders... Show for that, but... but we don't know to what level they're going to go into all of this, right? Um, because if things are reset, as a just erase an entire season of a TV show? Like, I'll be curious to see what happens there. The Defenders are in the same boat, right? We're going to get new seasons of Luke Cage. Is half the population going to disappear in the middle of the season? Right, so they could do some cool stuff with the comic books and have those be, you know, MCU comic books under maybe a different type of branding than the normal Marvel comic stuff. But yeah, could be interesting. Mm-hmm. I actually hope uh, to Bruce Wayne twenty five's point about how Thanos originally killed everybody to please Lady Death. Like I, I at this point, I think they've gone too far and mm-hmm. in introducing that like. Oh, wait, wait, no, it was all for a girl. Then it'll turn out to be the Bane storyline in Dark Knight Rises, where you think he's doing something great, and uh, he's the reckoning, but it it turns out it's just for a really good vagina. I'm going to be very upset, because I'm tired of women being portrayed as that. Stop putting us on pedestals. No, I I agree with you. It's it's too late. They might have had an opportunity to use Hela as death. I don't think introducing... I think that if they went that route, it would have been great. And I think we talked about that once, but I think introducing a whole nother character that's supposed mm-hmm. to be like the main motivation for this other main character. I, I think that just making Thanos a good villain was enough. And I think that that would have been too much. I think, yes, there's plot holes with his motivation, but I think that it was a good motivation for a cinematic universe. Yeah. It was okay. I I, I think that Brolin did a great job. Oh, and God, I think so captivating. Yeah, he was great. I thought the visuals for Thanos were very good, even though, yes, I know he looks different than he did in his previous 
showings. Um, He's changed color purple a couple times, and his scrotum chin has changed sizes. It's fine. I mean, they had to do it for a full movie now, so I, I get that some things probably had to be adjusted. And that, that's fine. I'm not going to go into any of that. But, you know, his, his motivations are a little weird, and his plan is, is a little silly to me. So while Brolin did, I think, an outstanding job, the, the way it was written just, I, I don't awesome. wasn't for me. Well, again, this is clearly an open-ended storyline with a thousand different plot holes or I, I was plot threads yes that plot haven't threads. been tied up yes um so we'll wrap things up we have you want to go over the characters who are still alive uh that are confirmed it's captain confirmed, america yeah. thor hulk black widow okoye rocket nebula iron man and war machine so pretty much all of our phase one characters and one or two from phase two mm-hmm and Okoye from well, Phase 3. Right. She's the only Phase 3. She is the only so, Phase 3. Yeah. Maybe yeah. M'Baku is still alive. I don't think they showed him Faye anyway, did they? He is an unknown as well. So that could be kind of cool. No, no, no. They did show him. He is still alive. He was on the battlefield watching. Okay. So, I mean, that might be kind of interesting if they decide to bring him into the mix at all. I, I mean, they can't make him Black Panther since Killmonger destroyed all of the plant, right? So... Yeah, because yeah, there's no way they could ever retcon that. Well, Plans not not grow. in not in Avengers four. I feel like they don't have enough time. No, you're but, probably right. Um, all right. So, any final thoughts before we provide our standard A B C D grade? Sorry, we went long. That's fine. We've gone longer for lesser films. I still think it's a you know if you have if you haven't seen it, go see it. Yeah. Right. Anyway. I said most of the things I wanted to say. Fair enough. Okay. So, Greg, it's your first time on the show. We do a normal letter grading system. Plus and minuses are okay. It is the American system, so we skip E's. <laughs> right. Uh, though, I don't recall if we've ever given a movie an F that we've reviewed. I think we've done D's before. but I've done D's Yeah, I don't think we've done sure. an F, though. Um, all right, so we'll start with Ryan, and we just kind of go around the table. So, um, It's a hard one to grade because it's you can't just take it on its own. You have to take it in the context of the whole universe because you'd be so confused trying to go in on your own. So I have a real hard time with it. I would probably give it an A-. minus. I think it was extremely well done for the amount of things that they had that could have gone wrong. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and I think it's going to make a crap ton of money. I don't think there's any well, argument I, about that. Yeah. Well, I, I agree with Ryan. I'm going to give it a solid A-. minus. There were some problems. I nitpicked a few things. But the fact they had so many complex story arcs going on at the same time, what Rachel and, and you and Derek mentioned earlier about people, they separated them into good teams, the teams worked, it wasn't a jumbled mess, which it easily could have been. Like, I think I think Batman vs. Superman was kind of a jumbled mess. Yeah. And that was with, you know, two characters. And that was with far fewer uh, characters. Three. I guess yeah. Wonder Woman showed up <laughs> She end. showed up at the end. But I cared about the villain. I liked his, I didn't like his motivations, but I liked what his delivery of what he was trying to do. He had a goal in mind. And he didn't get distracted by shiny objects. He's like, I'm going to get these <laughs> damn stones and I'm going to do what I said I was going to do because... I was I, I, wondering I like about that. the timeline and they said he got them all in a day. Like, at the end of the film, well, they were like, what all a over the day! Place and I'm like, <laughs> so, that's a hell of a day. But yeah, solid, well, a lot of beaming. Solid A-. minus. Okay. I'm going to go with a B-. minus, And I'm reserving the right to change that upon a second viewing and the viewing of Avengers 4. Because, honestly, I think it probably will change. You're going to have a Man of Steel situation. It's possible. And I hope so. I want to like I things. I think you will. I don't want to be the curmudgeon, jaded asshole. 
I don't want to be I, that. That's what I used to do. I want to be happy and optimistic. Like, this is my fan. I was optimistic that Man of Steel would have gotten better for you, and that was right, so I'm hoping that this movie is the same. I mean, it's it's tough when we give these ratings now, because they do change. I mean, if I went back and re-rated all of the Marvel movies... Suicide Squad. Very, very few. Suicide Squad. <laughs> yes. Suicide Squad Derek is much rated Suicide more... Squad the highest out of all of us. Yeah, that's probably true. I don't yeah, remember, I it is, but yeah. I believe you. Uh, but that was after one viewing in theaters, and I really enjoyed it at the time. And when I rewatched it on Blu-ray, I was very disappointed. Uh, I can only imagine, like at the end of it, you were like, "What was I thinking?" Dude, not even at the end of it. Like halfway through, I'm like, "Really?" We made it to like did one big a, explosion, and we were like, "Nope." Did I see a different off. movie? Like it was weird. Um, and but you know, it depends. Like when we were talking Thor Ragnarok a few months back, after seeing the movie, I was feeling kind of not great about it. And then after we talked about it, I was in love with that movie and. Now it's one of my favorites in the MCU. So opinions change. New information should change your opinion on things. So this is how I feel about it today, having seen the movie just you know a few days ago. Um, I would give it just a B, a solid B. Um, I think they had an incredibly ambitious goal that they had to accomplish. And overall, they did a good job. I think there's areas that it could have used some extra work. I think that, um, you know, we, we've kind of talked it over pretty well in detail, but if Avengers 4 makes this a better half of a movie, you know, then great. Uh, maybe the answer is to just grade the two together as one film. I don't know. We can do that when we review the next one. We can so, that. Yeah. So that's that's it. So we've got two A minuses, a B minus, and a B from us. Oh, really high scores when you think about it. And you I know. mean, shots looking at A minuses and B pluses for the most part. So clearly it's not a bad movie yeah. by any stretch. It's not the worst in the MCU. It's probably not even in the bottom half of the MCU. Yeah. Uh, which is saying a lot because there are 19 movies. So... Um, I guess that's going to be it for us. Do you know what, what are we doing next week? Well, we did a lot of speculation, so we could do even more speculation about Adventures Four if we want to, or or we could do um one of our favorites episodes, our favorite practical effects in films. Oh, that could be a fun one. I know Ryan would enjoy that. What do you guys want to do? I mean, that was my vote. Okay. Let's do it. The speculation next, stuff is our next f- week. We're going to talk our favorite practical effects so in movies and no in uh, just everyday life i meant like movies and tv yes, or in movies. just movies no. <laughs> you, guys, you guys gotta do everyday life <laughs> my favorite practical effect is this pen here uh, all right so that's gonna be it for us thank you all for tuning in we are the heroes podcast network this is screen heroes you can find us at heroespodcasts.com and at heroes podcasts on Twitter and Facebook, as well as Instagram and Twitch. You can join us live Tuesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 Central at twitch.tv slash heroespodcasts. A very special thank you to everybody who joined us in chat tonight. We truly appreciate it. Uh, we want to give a shout-out to our top three Patreon patrons, which are Jblood, Doc Rev, and Trackboy. So thank you all very much for your support. Whew. Ryan, you are Buster Props. Yep. Ray, you are Siren Ray. Yep. I am the Star Trek dude. Greg, where can people find you? I'm on Yahoo and Twitter at the underscore Bittersteel, another Game of Thrones reference. Fantastic. And you can catch Greg and I on Red Shirts and Runabouts every Friday, our Star Trek podcast. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We will catch you next week. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? 
Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.